they've had plenty of rain, but God, as the rain comes down, more, they take more to be more flourishing and more nourished. And, and God, we, we want more of you. God, we, we don't we don't want to get dry and 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 God, we want you to refresh us this morning with the word. And Father, as we talk about your wonderful nature of, of just love, that God, that we that we bring it into our lives. Father, we we don't look around thinking, I'm glad she's here. I'm glad he's here to hear it. But God, that we're here receiving it for ourselves. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, let, let me just say that before we begin, that the last Sunday, every fifth Sunday of the month, we have a worship night. And, and the worship night is, again, to bring out confession. That, that's why we sing. We worship. Because when we worship, we, we hear ourselves declare. I don't know if you're uh, reading or uh, saying declarations over your life, I encourage you to do that. Uh, not too long ago, I handed out some during the uh, Chase the Roar series, those declarations, and I encourage you to do that, to declare those things over your life, the Word of God over your life. Um, words change your thinking. You, you know that, and, and you don't maybe, th well, maybe, maybe, but all it has to do, all, all words have to do is tweak you a little bit to get you a little bit off of the track or the projection that you should be on. We talked about that years ago about the space crafts and how they have the adjuster, whatever that's called, that mechanism, that when they're in space and they're going, let's say, to the moon, that when they get off the trajectory or the you know, the course, it, it fires the engines and, you know, and it keeps you back on course. It keeps the spacecraft back on course to get to the destination. Just a little bit, just a little bit off uh, the course will lead you to different destination. So here's what I, I, I want to start this morning in this new series um, entitled This Wonderful Invention of Love. And when God came and said, let there be light, and creation started, he began to express who he was. We're going to read that in a minute. He's love. You know, we get caught up in the thought of that just like we do, we, we have a mindset and we judge God by who we are sometimes. You know, he's this and he believes this and, you know, he's just like you and I. But God is God. Okay, so don't put him in a box. God is love. He doesn't just have love like us. So when it comes down to his children, who we are as believers, we realize that it is important for us to understand our identity of who he says we are. So, so this morning as we start this series on loving, just let's say love. I wanted to title it love, but that, that just, everybody goes, oh yeah, I got it. Is it is it not the most generic thought that everybody in the world knows? Yeah, I know what love is. But today I want to, I want to begin with. Um, let, let me you know I've got so much going on that we in my mind we might just we might just drop back ten and punt call Lisa back up. I'm telling you, and just worship.
But when you make a commitment to Jesus Christ, a lot of us have come to know Jesus Christ because we realize that he loved us so much that he gave his son to die for us. And then the, the rest of the message is that you won't burn up in hell. And you can spend eternity with him. So we say, well, sign me up for that. Do you understand? We, we believe in his being our savior by faith. But I think that a lot of times, just honestly, a lot of people never get the true identity of who God is in, in his character and nature of a loving God. We know that he's saving us from burning up in hell forever and ever. That's the savior. But to come to know him as our Lord, a whole nother, whole, whole nother story. I'm telling you, I've been in church all my life, and I could say I can see a person for a mile off that it believes Jesus and God as their Savior, but doesn't believe him as their Lord. This guy up here with his hand up was one of those. For years in my life, until a first-hand revelation came of who God is. Now, now I'm going to encourage you. It doesn't take, you know, holding your hand and up like this and, you know, your leg this and your mouth just right to get a revelation of who God is. So it's not sneaky. It's not tricky. It's not, you got to go to school for it. Here's the thing. When you seek Him with all your heart, He says, I'll be found. And, the, and let me tell you, the moment that you get the revelation of who He is in your life, it's not a once and only time period. It's entering into the presence of God in a way that you go, where have I been all my life? What have I put as more important than experiencing this over and over and over and over and over again? See, because words change your thinking, and just like that adjuster on the spacecraft to put you in the right projection, we've, we've talked about this for years. Words change your thinking, good or bad. When your thinking changes when you come to God, and there's a transformation that takes place. The Word of God, we read, we go, I didn't know God was that good. Now, nobody would say that because we just start out and say, oh yeah, He's good, He's good. But actually, the Word of God talks about who God is, and we get a revelation. That's the thinking. Words come into our mind, and it changes our thinking about who God is. A pastor with a, a, a handkerchief didn't tell you who God was. You received who God is in your life. Now, now the, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, all the radio station, all great. I'm not... But when you get a first-hand revelation, we're going to talk about that. The words of God changes our thinking, and when our thinking changes, it changes our emotions. When our emotions, you know as well as me, is is as quiet a person as you are and as stable as you are, you know, you, you might be a phlegmatic, they call them, and they just... Boo! They don't, what, did you say something? Didn't even get scared. No emotion. Our emotions on all of us, inside of us, try to guide us. But the Word of God is that, again, that adjuster. No, no, we're not going to be emotionally driven. We're word-driven. Emotions aren't bad, but they're just not going to control us. When our emotions change, or our emotions, the Word of God changes our emotions, then all of a sudden we, we have a 
an ability to make choices that are different than what we did before we knew the Word of God. Then when our choices, our habits, our habits, our character, our character, our destiny, and some people get to their destiny right now in your life. I just don't like where I'm at. Are you happy? Well, now that you say that, I'm not very happy. Wait just a minute. No, no, I'm not too happy. Well, then, look, look, just change your character. How do I do that? Change my habits. Well, that's pretty hard. Yeah, but if you change your choices, it's not. Your emotions, your thinking, back to words. Did God really say that you can't eat any fruit of the garden? Huh? It, it just takes a little bit of fear, doubt, and unbelief to come into our life, and all of a sudden things begin to change in our thinking pattern, and all of a sudden we get a little bit off course. And we say, well, maybe just like Adam and Eve, Maybe God isn't love. Maybe He's holding out on us. And if we eat that, our eyes will be open and we'll see kind of like all the good stuff that He can see. Do you see how the enemy just, just bumps a little bit and all of a sudden, well, maybe God isn't love. But here's what I'm telling you today is when you understand a first-hand revelation. First-hand just means that you received it as you're spending time with God. You're seeking Him with all your heart. Let me let me tell you this. It isn't a, a facial look, you know. Have you ever been watching and your wife goes, no, no, watch this part. No, 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 really, really, really watch this. Is that what you meant? Really? Watch? You don't have to really seek the Lord. Just find a place by yourself. Have you ever have you ever heard the verse, um, "Love your neighbor as yourself"? See, a lot of people go, "I know I need to love my neighbor." Well, it starts by, "Do you love yourself?" <clears throat> Thank you. So, so this morning, well, watch this. Let me give you an idea of what culture that you're living in. The soup that we're marinating in. People are looking for, who am I? When Lisa sang that song this morning, <clears throat> he whispers in my ear that I'm fearless. He sings a melody and says, repeat it. Does anybody know what melody? I am all that he says that I am. That's the melody. But what 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 is it? What what is the who what's he say that I am? Who who I'm his own. Come on. The Bible says that he adopted us into his family. He came to seek and to save us. People are struggling because they don't know that God loves them. They, they, they might have heard it as a cliche. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Let, let me just show you this. The Gallup poll that just came out, you know, it, it used to be the uh, LGB, and then it turned to LGBT, and then it changed to LGBTQ, and now it's 
if I, if I'm not mistaken, LGBTQQIA and then question mark. I had to Google it. What's a question mark? Anybody else that don't know who you are? Just, just fill in the blank. Question mark. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. They, they even put queer. They, they used to be such a negative word that they didn't want it. No, no. But now it's even in there. And then it's questioning. Intersex and asexual and then question mark. Do you understand that the people that identify with all those letters are really inside screaming, I don't know who I am. Now watch this. It's incredible that 60% increase has happened in that area from the year 2012. Do you remember 2012? The older you go, you go, I got ties older than 2012. 2012. 2012 to 2020 is an increase of 60% of adults who identify with the LGBTQ, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. He whispers in their ears, they're fearless. It is so important for you to know who you are, but it, you, you, let me tell you, the reason why people are screaming, I don't know who I am, because they don't know who God is. And when they know who God is, and then they understand, as we're going to be talking about in weeks to come, who He says you are. I'm telling you, when, when when you get this revelation of who you are through the Word of God, not not me. That's why we're going to quote some scriptures so that I don't just... You think, well, that Pastor John, I've never heard of that before. He probably just pulled that off of a, uh, you know, a fortune cookie somewhere. Oh, no. And I, I'm telling you that if you're not reading the Bible of the love of God in your life, you, you won't... It won't take much. Somebody with a degree... Somebody that, that looks knowledgeable to come up and go, are you sure about that? Are you happy? Just a little fear, a little doubt, a little unbelief. But if you haven't brought your Bibles, I know that we projected up here, but, but really you have to have something to take home so that you're a self-feeder. That you're not just feeding here at the church on the Word of God, just here. You you have to have, and, and for me, I have to write. And, and maybe you, you can memorize everything that's said, you know, you're, maybe not. But it, I just encourage you to use as many senses. That, that's why we, we project it so you can see it. But you can do that by reading. You have your Bible or you have your phone. Um, Anyway, enough of that. Let's go to it. 1 John 3.16. Not John 3.16, because everybody's, yeah, I know John 3.16. 1 
So, so during the series, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. A lot of people call them the little Johns, and I kind of like that. So anyway, here we go. 1st John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Valentine hearts and flowers. No, don't say that. An ooey-gooey feeling, you know, no. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and it says we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We're going to see how mature it is to be a person of love. Because I'm telling you right now, the generation that I grew up in, uh, you know, the, the, the manly love, you know, ends with patting someone on the back. If you ever see men hugging, we always pat on the back just to kind of say we don't really like doing this, but you know, we're but revelation of who God is will open up everything in your life. It'll begin to show you that the things that you thought the, the fruit of the spirit, the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit working in your life, remember this. Uh, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Which one did I leave out? Love. And and love, if you can, if you can, I, I heard this as an illustration. It's it's like the curtain rod that all of them hang on. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How it, it, some people go? You know, I I don't even begin to understand how I could have joy in my life. We're starting with how, and that is the love of God. So this morning, I want you to kind of go to two spots if you get your Bibles, and we're going to talk about this, and then we're going to we're going to declare some things over our life again. We're going to sing those songs, and we're going to say, you know, here's the thing: it's important who's speaking in your life because whoever's speaking in your life is framing your thinking. Adam and Eve, ah, we're naked and we hid. Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Come on now, I, I, I'm there. I got to watch what I say because I've, I'm, I'm part of the soup that I'm marinating in in the world. I tell you what, you, you watch the news for more than about 30 minutes. And, and you begin to say, you know, the sky's falling. Sky is falling. Chicken little. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3. And then in, turn over to 1 John chapter 4. We're going to read out of these two. We're going to go back and forth just a few minutes. 1 John, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3, 16. Now, now this is Paul and then the disciple John. Okay, two different authors. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 says this, verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through a spirit in your inner being. Okay, so this is Paul 
he, he's let me tell you he's only writing a few chapters he doesn't have the internet he doesn't have text messages he doesn't all the emails so he's got to write a book that they're going to read and they're going to base it as their boundaries as believers the church so he says this this is my desire for you i've been praying that out of his glorious god's out of his riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being because what's inside is going to be coming out, correct? Correct? So that Christ, verse uh, 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. This is going to be key. Rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. That's you and I. To grasp, come on now, can you just stop? Because we sung the song, I'm amazed. It's funny how some people, especially those people that don't know God, go, I got it. But he says, man, if you could just for a minute, if, if I'm praying that you could grasp How wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now you read that and you read it and you read it and you read it and you read it and you take it word by word and all of a sudden, He's telling me I can have all the love of God. I can be filled up with the love of God in my life. First of all, do you know who needs that the most? <laughs> you. You know who the second person is? Me. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love you, if you're not full of the love of God, you're not going to look at me with love. We're working together, and for some reason, you're looking at me like you're not working hard enough. That just was revelation to somebody in here. Come on. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Let, let's go on. Look, look at First uh, John chapter four, verse sixteen. This is this is now John. So God has promised us. Not only to have His love, but have knowledge of His love. We'll, we'll read verse 17 later, but look at verse 16. I'm, I'm going to read it. Look, this is the NIV. This is a boop. And then I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. It'll stretch it out. NIV. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Here's the Amplified. And we know, understand, recognize, and are conscious of. By observation and by experience. And believe, what's believe? Adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love God cherishes, cherishes for us. Ready for the, the verse that you've got to get? God is love. Oh, I know God has love. No, God is love. And he who dwells, 
and continues in love dwells and continues in God. And God dwells and continues in Him. See, believing that kind of love, believing that love is acting on it and putting it into operation. When you put God's love into operation, people go, I don't get you. There's some people that have never experienced the love of God, and when you begin to show the love of God, they go, you're freaky. Have you ever been called kind of, people don't act like that. And, and it's amazing that, that the people that, that'll, that'll experience the love of God, sometimes they'll just, they'll just freak out. When they get a revelation, God loves me that much? I mean, they'll, they'll almost get mad because they can't. They won't let themselves believe that. It, it's almost like it's too good. And, and, you know, I'll say, you know, settle down. Settle down, fireball. It's going to be okay. I had one person go, you know, I'm an older person and nobody told me this and it's not right. Sorry. What can, what can I do? God loves you. She had been going through all this suffering in her life because of, again, what had been told her in her life. Now, now go back to Ephesians 3.17. It says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, now watch this. Let me, let me take this. When you talk about being established in love, being rooted and established and grounded in love, do you remember the parable of the sower where the, the farmer goes out and he begins to sow seed? He just throws seed and some of the seed it says falls on ground, and because it didn't have root, when the sun came out, boom, it got scorched. It died. It didn't have roots. But when Jesus explains that, it's He says this. He says, they received the Word of God with what? Gladness. They're like, what? So, so let's, let's say the Word of God that was spoken over these people it could have been a lot of things that spoke, but the Word of God that's spoken about God being loving and loving them unconditionally. But let me just say this, because I, I feel like this is for somebody. Have you noticed that the church always gets beat up? because of the um, Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders and all that. But, but even to this day, a lot of times the church gets beat up because people, again, just, you know, the church is this and that and they want your money and it, we know that. But a lot of them are in this section that I'm talking about. One time in their life, that the word of God has come and they received it with gladness. That's what Jesus said this parable was of the sower. They received it with gladness. <sighs> Revelation, God's good, God loves me. I can't believe it. 
Jesus loves me, this I know. You know, and they go, oh, I just... They receive the Word of God with gladness. But then it says, but because of persecution that came because of the Word. See, I was thinking, God loved me, but what happened here? Something happened in my life. My, my husband left me, my wife left me, my bank went to zero, all these things. And that I thought God loved me. Their life will spin to the point where they go, the church, a lot of times they don't say God. They'll blame the church that represents God on the earth. Now, don't, don't close your spirit. You might be here and you're like, you know what? I, there's some things going on in my past that still is coming back. And, and it's just, you, you know, what that does, it, it's like chewing your cud. It just is like throwing it back up and chewing on it and chewing on it and chewing on it. How disgusting is that? But, but we do that. It, it's important for us, again, for the Word of God to adjust our thinking adjust our thinking, you know, get, get back. You, you realize if you were here the last couple of weeks, we talked about uh, good enough. We went through that series and we talked about um, is Christianity fair? And, and the, the conclusion was, no, it's not fair. Not everybody's going to hear the word of God, but that was not God's perfect plan in the beginning. But God's plan to again is to come out of His love and redeem us by dying on the cross for us that we can live that perfect plan one day in heaven. Being rooted and grounded. That, that means that when, when you're hearing that going on, that you are so, and again, life storms come and blow and, and that some of you have experienced something that in your life that I'm not belittling one bit and, and you suffered more than I have. But don't allow the persecution that comes that comes against your belief system to get you to believe that God does not love you. So, so let's look. Let's go on to verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 3. Again, it says, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. If you can just grasp the love of God. To know that He is not God love, but He is love. Again, sometimes you, you need to say that over and over in your life because what you're doing sometimes is you're judging God that He has love and sometimes He doesn't have love for you. He gets up in the morning and He's kind of like, not to say anything bad about our police, but have you ever got pulled over and you went, yeah, here He comes and He's, you know, motorcycle and He's got those boots about this high. Everything is in place. He's got this. He would be overweight if you didn't know He had on that vest that looked so, you know, powerful. 
he comes up with his sunglasses and he <laughs> and then all of a sudden your mind runs and I wish I didn't speed because I could do so much more with that 200 I would have given it to the babies and the, you know the nursery huh and he says something like I just noticed you had a tail light out have a good day I shouldn't have ever thought bad about our police do, do we not do that about God come on come on watch, watch this to understand when you say that God is love, when you think about when He says that we have the ability to grasp the dimensions of how deep God is in our life, love for us, watch this. You begin to realize He's been waiting since the beginning of time to share Himself with us. Not part, but all of Himself. Sometimes I think it's amazing to understand that God has Perfect love for us. Proverbs 19 around 22 says, What man desires the most is unfailing love. Gwen has already realized that she's not going to get perfect love in John Miller. As hard as I try. Now, look at all you. You better not do anything. I've got what you want to tell you. We got Kristen and Justin celebrating two years of anniversary. But, but how, many, how many people know that they have a different paradigm than the young people sitting behind them of marriage, Doug and Dana? But 49 years. And then how many know that they got a different than Mark and Ashley that have like a month under their belt? He came over last night. We were part of a banquet. Maybe I'll share a little bit in a minute. But, but they came over and he goes, man, it's fun being married. We eat cheese in bed and nobody cares. <laughs> and just like a mother, you're going to have bugs. You're going to have bugs in there. You've been in church a while. What's your paradigm of who God is in your life? Has, has the, the experiences in your life changed your view? Let, let, let's look at this. Let me, let me read again. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 and 18. Again, words change your thinking. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Do you, do you rely on that? God is love. Whoever lives... In love lives in God, and God is in them. Verse 17 now, this is how we know. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. When we think the motorcycle cop's coming up, you know, to our window, when we think God's going to go, oh, come on in here, have a seat. When the day of judgment in this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. I'm going to have you repeat that because it's important. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Ready? Repeat it with me. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. For fun, it's just us here today. It's raining outside. So why don't we say this? But perfect love drives out fear. Ready? But perfect love drives out fear. Let me say it together. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. 
The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The Greek word in that passage gives us a little color. And really perfect love is talking about maturity. It is when we come to full maturity is the day that we have to deal with fear no more. Now that's a pretty big promise. But don't you know that our God specializes in big promises? He can handle them. He ain't scared. How, How do you know when you've grown to a point of maturity? Because I'll just tell you this, there is no growing up in God without understanding the love of God. How you know is when you get to the place, you won't fear anymore. Now again, we're, we're progressing, we're transformation, it's transformation process. Uh, Psalms 112 is one of my favorite chapters, and it says, A righteous man will fear no bad news. I, I claim that over my life, but boy, let me tell you, I, I, I have to watch it. it it's kind of, you know, when, when people come into your life, are you sure? Anybody ever keep asking that question? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Step off. Is it possible not to fear? The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. That that, that means that God does not want us to be fearful. The only way that the enemy can get you to be fearful is to revisit your past and to remind you of something in the past of what he says now is your future. Again, attacking your identity which some people will never realize it is attacking your father's identity, God. He whispers in my ear, tells me that I'm fearless. Because he's telling me, John, you're you're mine. What stops people from believing? You you can imagine it's the hurts and wounds of the past that they haven't fully healed. And and let me tell you that there's there's wounds and and hurts right now going on in your life that that are happening right now in your life. It's important for you to identify those and say, I've got to get healed in those areas of my life. It can be in a relationship. It can be in your trust in your finances. It can be in healing physically in your body. But there, there's there's people that are dealing with guilt and shame about the past, uh, insecurities, uh, low self-esteem, their image, a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. To come to the fact that God's love is unconditional, 
I'm going to remind you, because I do this often on this, is you have a belief system. Everybody has a belief system, because this is what I believe. And I'll get exaggerate to make a point. If I jump off of a 10-foot, you know, a 10-story building, it's not going to be good. So I believe that. But there's a lot of things that I believe because out of my belief system, I make choices. You might disagree. That, that's not a good choice. But my belief system might say yes and vice versa. Out of our belief system, we make choices. And out of those choices, of course, we'll bring experiences in our life that we've experienced, good, bad, or ugly. But out of those experiences, we'll either confirm the belief system or it will totally go against our belief system and will change or it will tweak it. That's what we're talking about. So when we're talking about who God is and we're talking about God is love and, and, and how we shouldn't fear, fear, there's... No, I don't fear. There's a lot of people that go, well, Pastor, you know, and what they're going to say is out of my experiences, those experiences have tweaked that belief system. I I should be fearful. Yeah, I should be fearful. When you talk about love, the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, love forgives, love refuses to get offended, love values people, love and pride cannot coexist, love is not envious or jealous of others, love is patient and kind, love believes the best in others rather than assuming the worst. Love shuts the door on strife. And and then realizing that practicing love of God will grow your faith and it'll diminish the fears in your life? Come on. When we get the revelation of how much God loves you unconditionally, this is what I want you to do. And in weeks to come, my hope is to give some verses and just continue to read on them. Because I'm telling you, you're living in a world just unfortunate. We don't We don't live with just church people. And and let me let me go another step. A mature church people. Because you know who mature is? Who is mature in here? All of us can say, well, me. <laughs> but when we begin to walk in love, God puts us in a world that needs us. Which means what? Takers from us. But we're anointed to be in those places and it's God, the Bible says, that gives promotion. I'm going to end because I could preach and it's already getting close to the time there. Okay, so listen, at least come on up or I'm going to preach another sermon. Here we go. And the worship team, not just Lisa. All right. Everybody's looking Lisa. When you realize that somebody can't even at work deter your promotion, you don't have to fear. You just say, oh, they don't mean that. Now, it sounds like someone that's naive and ignorant, isn't it? 
but it's not. It's somebody that is is smarter than the just the world knowledge, and the God love trumps that. This week, read those passages of Scripture in Ephesians and the first. Well, just read all of the Johns and and listen how John just talks about love and how God is love. Don't don't make it shallow. Don't think of Valentine's chocolates, puppy dog pills, and you know all that stuff. I'm talking about looking somebody in the eye and loving them when they don't love you. It's a very, very mature walk. This, this morning, as we end this time together, I want you to confess what I mean by confessing the love of God. When we sing songs, well, we sung that. Now confess it with what you heard, the word of God, and watch how it will change your thinking. You might go home and your wife fixed roast, and you say, I want a chicken, but you're going to walk in love. You're going to see that it's raining, and instead of complaining because it's 150 degrees in August, you're going to see it a different way. I don't even care if my hair gets wet. I didn't hear that. Maybe that's good. Why don't you stand and let's sing. Worship God. All right.